Film Fanatics. From the silver screen to your earphones. With Alan Azulay and Gal Balaban. Welcome back to Film Fanatics, where we talk about the movies that have us obsessed, excited, and inspired. I'm Alan. And I'm Gal, and today the Film Fanatics are entering Woodsboro. That is right, Gal. We're slashing through the punk kid of the slasher genre, the Scream franchise. We're going through the entire franchise and we'll review Scream 6 by the end. We also may get into some spoilers at the end of the show because one of the most exciting parts of these movies is who the hell is Ghostface? Joining us today is the creator of the Movie Nerds Instagram page. Uh, together with his friends on the page, they have racked up 20.7 thousand followers. Um, he's also been to film premieres in Australia and interviewed celebrities such as Michael Bean from The Terminator and Aliens. Please welcome to the show, Ryan Josh Adams. Hey, Ryan, what's up? Jeez, Michael, Michael Bean, that goes straight down to the. Um, yeah, we've done we've done heaps of stuff like that. Um, I think the, the first one I actually kicked off. Sorry, I'll just start off by saying hi. I'm Ryan from Movie Nerds. But <laughs> I was like when you said the the celebrities, and then you went to Michael Bean. I went, dang, that's like we did we did uh, we did Quinn Tarantino. That was was, was the first oh. um, first interview I ever got to. Um, you know, talk to, and that was like three weeks into Movie Nerds, which was oh like, my oh my god, mind. how does that happen? I don't know. <laughs> to this day, I still. Gal's like taking notes. <laughs> exactly. It was um, pure luck. It, we 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 started it, and I emailed literally every single um, studio I could, and it just by happened by chance that they were promoting um, the Hateful Eight. And they were coming out to Sydney with him, Kurt Russell and Sam Jackson. And um, they were like, oh, we can't give you Kurt Russell or Sam Jackson, but I guess we could give you Tarantino if you want to talk to him. I guess like, Tarantino. Was, yeah, like it was like, you know, if I would prefer to take I want Tarantino. He's the one I want. So, yeah, um, that's how <laughs> yeah, that one yeah. was. Because in your Instagram, uh, you guys have Michael Bean interview pinned. So I was like, that's still awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, that one was cool because we, we actually hosted him out here. Like, so he came out to Sydney and um, did like a tour for Aliens and, uh, you know, just talking about his 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 movies overall. And, and yeah, we got to host it. And then that's kind of continued on. We did... um. Sam Jones uh, from Flash uh, a couple of months later, and then last uh, last month or a couple of weeks back, we did um, Cynthia Rothrock, who's a action star from the eighties. Be great action action star. But it's been pretty cool. It's been we've been pretty lucky of who we've been able to get over the time. That's wonderful. Yeah, that sounds that sounds great. <laughs> have you guys have you guys met any celebrities or chatted to any celebrities over the time? Um, met yeah, like interviewed. No, no. We like we've interviewed like a couple of uh, indie directors in the like show. Instagram popular more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like uh, we, uh, yeah, we 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 interviewed William Atticus Parker just a couple of weeks back, and we also interviewed. Well, we have like Mike Pesci. He Mike had this Pesci, short film yeah. that went really big on Instagram. Um, yeah. It's still really cool to hear from filmmakers in the process. Because, like, even he, when we interviewed him, he has this whole podcast about demystifying, um, like, the actual filmmaking process. Now, it's not, like, some magical thing that, um, that's, like, you know how, like, in interviews and behind the scenes, they're always, like, oh, it's all just click. Like, no, you actually have to, like, work for years. And so they really, like, it's really interesting to hear the actual nitty gritty from them. 
Yeah, he was a great podcast guest, actually. But I've, I've met celebrities, like, seeing them at events. Like, I, I shook hands once with, um, with Jesse Eisenberg uh, at an event. Or, um, when I was, what, 14, I told Meg Ryan about film toppings, which I'm sure she doesn't remember. But that's something <laughs> I always take pride in. I love that. Um, we, we had, uh, uh, actually, I was going to say that the best way I, when, when I, when I started doing, so movie nerds was a second part to what I was originally trying to do was a, was a film blog and the film blog was called, so is it any good? And it was, it was, it was all right for a while and we did pretty well, but, um, the way we <laughs> interviews with people was actually just cold calling them and cold calling their, um, their agents and stuff. And the way you can do that, I mean, you guys, if you're interested is it's just, um, getting a, um, a license or, or, or a subscription to IMDb pro. IMDb, and, yeah. Yeah. And, and they've got basically, if you go B grade actors from, you know, the eighties or nineties that aren't hitting it big anymore, they've usually either got their, you know, agent agents number there or email. Some of them even have their direct email. So you can just talk straight to them. And, we did that with um I don't know if you know who Christopher Lambert is from like Mortal Kombat and Highlander and stuff like that. And oh, that looks um, old school. Yeah, yeah. And then we did we did it with um uh, David F. Sandberg from uh, Shazam. Right. And he's like super down to earth. He comes on all the channels and podcasts. Yeah, yeah. that one was why I was uh, like I emailed his um his agent and she's like oh yeah yeah he'll chat to you whenever and I'm like okay cool I'll lock in a time. Um, and I left my mobile to, you know, lock in the time with her. And I was driving down the freeway one day uh, and I just get this phone call and I'm like, hey, this is Ryan. Who's this? And he's like, hey, this is David. I'm like, uh, sorry, David who? And he's like, uh, David, David Sandberg, David F. Sandberg. I'm like, oh, uh, crap. I have no way of recording anything we're doing, but I'll just pull over right now <laughs> and yeah, talk to him on the freeway. And, and it, it, I mean, it was good for us. We ended up writing the interview out as best as I could, but I, I know I couldn't couldn't do any recording because it was just kind of out of the blue. But it was, you know, that IMDb route. If you guys ever want to chat to people, is a really good way to connect up with some. We should start paying for that. Honestly, you might have just <laughs> changed film fanatics for good. <laughs> I, I highly, highly, highly recommend it, and uh, it can, it can. I guarantee you that sort of stuff will change uh, how people find you because if you get if you crack that one, um, you know, listing or one one question with with a certain person and you can open up so many different avenues we we just bring back one more time to tarantino and tell me if i'm ranting too much because i like to rant and i guess that's why we started movie notes um, but uh but we chatted to tarantino as i said before and i just happened to ask him um what you know have you have you ever considered making a movie here in australia and if you if you did what would it be and at the time he had just said that I'm only making 10 movies and hateful eight was number eight. Um, so there was only going to be two more movies. And he said, yeah, for number 10, I'm thinking about making a Ned Kelly movie here in Australia. And I was like, holy shit, that's, that's, that's exclusive stuff right there. And I put it straight up on our blog and literally every company picked it up collider. It was everywhere on, on news channels, on like channel seven, all these different things. And there was my stupid face that have only been doing this, but this, <laughs> Uh, sorry, blog for like two weeks asking, you know, this cool question and uh, it, it blew up our blog quite, quite big. So if, you know, if you just randomly contact people, you don't know what's going to happen. He, he does leave like 10 minutes from my house, actually. So maybe we can get him. Tarantino. Tarantino. <laughs> yeah. 
Just walk over. What are you? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure exactly. My grandma's friend has seen him at the park. I'm with this not kid. sure exactly where he lives, but like I don't. <laughs> like he lives in the the same city I do here, and because uh, he married like an is like an Israeli uh, woman, so he lives like ten minute, probably like ten fifteen minutes away from my apartment. Yeah. So Ryan, um, we know that you're a mega Scream fan. What's your history with uh, Scream, the original and the franchise? Tell us a bit about it. Yeah, so I, I got introduced to, to Scream from my sister. Um, so I was quite young when that movie came out. I Quote me if I'm wrong, but is it 96 that movie came out, the first one? Yeah, 96. Yeah, so 96. Uh, it's the same so year I was, I was born. born. What's that, sorry? That's all right. It's the same year I was born. Great. Okay, so I was born 10 years <laughs> prior to that, so I'm a little bit older than you. Good to know. Um, but but my room, my sister coming in. It's okay, in, so God was a fetus. You've got to check out Scream. Um, it's you know it's a horror movie, but it's about everyone loving movies, and it's like the you know um, it's like a take on the love of movies, but also making it a horror. And I was like, okay, I've got to check it out. And it was VHS at the time, obviously, and I watched it on a screen probably no bigger than probably the actual window I'm looking at right now of, <laughs> of you guys talking. It was tiny VHS, poor quality. I remember those days um it, it, yeah exactly and and it was you know perfection for me I'd, I'd seen a lot of slasher horrors before like halloween and uh you know friday the 13th and and stuff like that but that was a complete game changer and just got me really excited again about slashes and horrors and just yeah bear in mind i was 10 so it was a it was a it was a pretty big time i might have been 11 technically by the time it actually hit vhs um yeah there it is what a movie uh and and i just remember uh, from that actual day about getting excited about making horror movies. And I, I wrote a script about, which I thought at the time was quite a unique story. Turns out that I had just recreated Scream again in a, <laughs> a terrible short form version of it. Uh, but, you know, to me at the time, it was, it was quite a great idea. Um, and then, yeah, I guess it's just kind of continued on from there until you know, last Thursday that I saw Scream 6. I've always been a little late to horror. Even when I was like getting into movies, I always put off horror. So I actually only saw Scream for the first time about a year and a half ago. So a little bit before Scream 5 came out. Um, I watched this one, just me and a friend were looking for a movie and I had so much fun with it. I think, honestly, I, I don't think it's a better made film than Halloween or The Exorcist. But I think I enjoyed it the most out of all of them, even more than like Wes Craven's Elm Street, even though they were influenced by the screen was influenced by those other films. I think just in terms of the experience of watching the first screen for the first time, um, I just it resonated with me the most. The humor, the meta-ness, that first scene with uh, with Drew Barrymore. I just knew I was watching something really fun and like it's as like weighty with the stakes as it is just boss to the wall ridiculous yeah i have uh, a somewhat weird history of scream for None. the first like 15 years of my life i was 100 percent sure that i watched scream turns out i hadn't i watched Squ scary movie like a thousand times <laughs> when i was a kid and i was uh, and i was convinced that that was scream so <laughs> Uh, so I, like when I was a kid, I was a huge fan of like the scary movies. Like I would like, uh, I would watch it all the time with my sister. Like, uh, we watched like the whole franchise, like on a loop. And I remember again, I was, I thinking that was scream until I was like 16, which is ridiculous. 
I actually only watched Scream for the first time a week ago exactly. I watched the whole franchise for the first time this week. I will say the first movie kind of got ruined for me because of scary movie. That that might sound like a joke, but because <laughs> I, I had it burning my head so much, I kept thinking I knew the twist. I kept thinking like, oh, I, I like you, you know what I mean. I felt like they because I watched the um, the parody version of it so many times. It kind of blemished the original for me, which is so bad. So you put on Scream thinking it was like how scary movie was about to play out. Exactly. Like I thought it was the same twist. So in my mind, Dewey was the killer the whole time because that's the <laughs> killer in scary movie. Dude, imagine if Dewey was the killer in the first movie. So like I like it totally ruined the experience for me. Like I was like, oh man, they're doing the same. Like I've seen this before, whatever. But so I gave it like a seven and a half when I watched the first. But now that I watched the whole franchise, I gained such a love for the franchise, which is so weird because I just watched it when you watched scream the first time did you already know going into it that it wasn't scary movie no i knew that it wasn't scary movie <laughs> okay. I, I like, I, like yes scenes of it and just seeing your reaction like what the hell why is it nev campbell stuck to the roof by jizz like what? <laughs> <laughs> that's well, like that's where like, the hell's <laughs> anna ferris that's like putting on star wars and asking where's john candy <laughs> no, no, no. I came into knowing that it was a different movie. It was just like because the imagery is so similar. So like I kept like tricking myself that I that I knew what was happening and I think that kind of damped my my experience. Well, did you know that scary movie was its original title too? Interesting. Sorry, Siri's now even telling me that that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So its original title was Scary Movie, but they changed it towards the end of it just to kind of take it away and give it some, um, you know, uh, breath away from the fact that it wasn't exactly its own, you know what I mean, exactly its own movie. But yeah, it was yeah. originally called Scary Movie. And like they have the twist also that is the like that it is the boyfriend and all that. So like how like I kind of Skeet Ulrich's really good in yeah. the first movie, honestly, and Matthew Lillard uh, are both really good. I think part of the problem was that I thought it was, like, supposed to be, like, this serious horror movie from back in the day, you know? That scary movie plagiarized, not plagiarized, uh, parodied. Um, and I didn't know that itself was a parody of other scary movies. So I think as, as soon as I got that in the second movie, when I was watching the second movie, as soon as that clicked... I was like, oh, fuck, I'm watching something special. Let's go through our ratings. Uh, I'll go uh, an eight for uh, for Scream. I'm going to go as high as nine and a half. I just think it really challenged the slasher genre and kind of changed it moving forward. And there was a lot of, uh, you know, try to be likes afterwards. And and no one ever came close. No one, I still don't think anyone's changed the slasher genre since then. Yeah, I'm going to second that. Nine and a half out of ten for me. Um, all the cast is really good. Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox. Like, you start out really hating Gail, and then she redeems herself. And then she, like, we'll talk about it. She goes through this cycle, but it just stands on its own really well, but established a really fun franchise. So, nine and a half out of 10 for me. Are you guys ready for Scream 2? Scream 2. In the 90s, there was only one way that you can top the original if you go to college. So. <laughs> Scream went to college. Scream 2 stars basically a lot of the same people, the ones that 
well, survived the first uh, Scream movie. Scream 2 opens with Jada Pinkett Smith getting brutally murdered in the movie theater. And then um, Leif Schraber um, is like, he has a big part in this movie also as Cotton Weary, which weirdest name ever, but... Cotton was, is the first... Uh, right, he, was, he, was, he was the guy that was, was accused of, He was accused of killing Sidney Prescott's mother right. uh, in the first movie. And he got released between the first and the second because he was, of course, not Ghostface. Um, and he, like, he's in this weird apology tour. So he's trying to convince uh, Sydney. He's like kind of a celeb. To he's kind of a celeb, but like he doesn't have a book deal or anything. Like he, that's okay. like the, that's the. He name. was trying. He was trying to get her onto a talk show so they could. That's um, right. uh, And it was. I can't think of a name, but it's the biggest talk show host of the time. I think it was the one by by Barbara Walters. Barbara Walters, yeah, that's it. Yes, I, I still can't comprehend that his name is Cotton. But... Yeah, it's so it's so weird, and it never gets not weird. Um, so I told you guys when we were talking about Scream One that Scream Two was it when was when it really clicked for me, and it really did. I had such a blast watching this movie when they were like. The, the whole film studies uh, scene when they're like oh, yeah. talking to their film professor about how sequels are the worst uh, and like some of them are trying to like no 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 but what about Empire Strikes Back uh, what about this what about that and like um, yeah that like just as a movie lover that scene like uh, warmed my heart and I was, I was having such a good time like, I mean, it's basically this podcast right so it's, it's in a movie it's, a, it's that movie nerd like moment that you just like yes there's other people out there like me exactly <laughs> yeah and they they're all just as fucking weird as i am it's also i think this movie's slightly less funny than the first but it still has those great moments but i, I kind of want to say something that i think is kind of controversial i don't think david arquette's acting in all the sequels is that great like Mm, like, my man i loved him once we, once we get to scream five <laughs> I, I thought he was you, but great dude. but i feel like after one he i don't know he kind of like not annoyed me but i don't know he just every time he like he has ryan gosling's exact voice so i just call him discount ryan gosling for like all of two through three while i was watching those movies <laughs> Yeah, I quite liked Joey. I was, I, I mean, not to jump ahead, but you know, when we got to number five, I was quite annoyed about it because it was just like he's. Uh, I guess for me, he's always been that uh, the the comedy. I guess the, the you know the comedic part of the sh the, the movies outside of Randy. Um, uh, you know, bless his soul that died in this one. Uh, but you know, continuing on, I've always quite liked Joey. But um, the biggest the biggest thing for me for number two, I mean, outside of it being quite a good sequel in comparison to, you know, anything else um, you look at uh, for, for the slasher genre, like things like, um, you know, I don't know if you've seen, you know, Friday the 13th part two or Halloween part two, all of these sequels, they kind of sucked. Um, <laughs> and, and this one just, I guess it just knew what it was and just played that same road again and kept all the characters the same and just kind of continued on as it should, whereas all these other ones kept trying to add, I don't know, trying to change it up almost instantly when it was already working. Um, you know, like Nightmare on Elm Street, just to give you an example, Nightmare on Elm Street went for a, uh, rather than Freddy being in your nightmares, he tried to come into reality and take over and possess someone's body and, and come into 
uh, the real world again. That sounds like a nightmare in like the worst way. I don't think I don't know if that works for an Elm Street movie, <laughs> or at least not right isn't away. It, isn't it the whole point that it's in your dreams? Exactly, exactly. And, and that's, that's where I'm getting at. Like it, it's you don't you don't need to fix what already is working. You've already got an audience that loves what you tried to do, try to do with the first one. Just keep that going. Yeah, uh, I think Wes Craven really got that down in the second movie. He did. I think something I really love, like about setting it in a in a college campus. And like the killings in like uh, like playing up the 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 college campus, so like uh, the sorority house, the parties, and all that. Like it's the perfect place for a scream movie. We're gonna yeah. talk a little bit more about this with Scream Six, which also takes place in uh, in college, but it's the perfect place. And for there's a, a whole movie. car scene in this one too. Oh wow, that scene was so good. I know. It's so tense when she's trying to get out of the car and knock and uh, Ghostface is like knocked out. It's oh, it's yeah. it's honestly one of the most chilling scenes in the whole franchise. Hundred percent, I agree with that. There's always what so many moments that? throughout this franchise where they have the chance to take the mask off, but no one takes it. Um, sure. I would like to see an early reveal, like maybe one of the killers dying off in number seven or something like that, by get you know taking the mask off halfway through and just being like, "No, oh, that's who the fucker is." Kind of. Oh, maybe they would do that in the in the, in the next one. <laughs> that, that could be fun. Uh, yeah. Um, what do we think of the Ghostface reveal in this one? So it was revealed that it was I loved it. Laurie Metcalf and Timothy Oliphant. The whole I time. loved it so much. I think uh, it's a perfect two actors. Yeah, Timothy Oliphant is like so fun. I was just gonna say I, I really quite like the way they played off um, uh, Laurie Metcalf's character. Um, what is it? Is it? Is it? What's what's the name of the I think, is it Diane something? No, it's not Diane Sawyer. Diane Diane Sawyer is who they're is that is that who they're trying to She had a different name, but she was actually Nancy Loomis. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah, so the fact that they try to play her as often as, as a news reporter was quite a, a good way to kind of deter the audience. Uh, because I never questioned up until her walking out and saying that she was Billy Loomis's mom. Um uh, you know, the entire time I fell for the whole act. And uh you know her name was debbie salt that's so, so such bad. a reporter name <laughs> the morning show with gail weathers and debbie salt <laughs> but um yeah no i never questioned that i think uh i think if they had maybe tried to kill her off halfway through it or something like that and then brought her back um may have worked a little bit better she didn't she didn't die did she, she, didn't, she didn't. no she kind of disappears like in the third act, she kind of disappears. Like you don't see her at all. Uh, uh, and uh, yeah, and then she randomly like pops out. And like, uh, and she's like, and uh, Sydney hasn't seen her the whole movie. And Sydney sees her and she's like, oh, Nancy Loomis. And Gail goes, what the fuck? It's such a good scene. Oh, and then Timothy Oliphant is like invincible that whole final act. Yeah. So much shit happens to him and he's like, ah! <laughs> Always go for the head, man. Always go for the head. That's what these movies so taught us. Says. <laughs> so what do you guys think rating-wise? Rating-wise, I would say 7 out of 10. 7.5 for Scream 2. What about you, Ryan? Yeah, uh, probably about 8. I think, I think the only things that brought me down for this one um, was... Uh, I felt like... Um, Sydney, she was she was a little bit down in the first movie, but this one kind of really made it more so. Like I feel like she was just a bit of a down of the whole movie. I, I get, get that. Yeah. For, for, 
Jerry O'Connell a few times because he was always that boyfriend trying to help out and being, you know, you know, be good to her and stuff like that. But she was always, obviously, the reason why she's second guessing the whole time is because she was dating Billy Loomis. And- yeah, she was like traumatized. <laughs> <laughs> but in my brain, I'm like, this is Jerry O'Connell. Come on, he's such a good guy. He's sliders, let's let him. Man, that scene in the cafeteria where he sings for her is so yeah. cute. I was like, yeah. marry this man. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> That's it. Yeah, that should have been proof enough that he wasn't trying Make to kill him. Mr. Prescott. Okay, my ratings for this one are higher than both of you. Uh, it's an A25. I prefer this one than the original. Eight and a quarter. Ooh. Scream 3, considered to be the worst of the franchise. Um, <coughs> it is the worst of the franchise. And in this one, um, uh, Cotton Weary gets murdered in the first scene. And do you wanna know how this is how you can know this is the worst of the franchise? Name those two people in that poster. You can't. Because, I can't. <laughs> because you have no idea who the hell those people are. I don't even remember. <laughs> um but yeah. And I they... saw it three days ago and I don't know who these people are. It's Parker Posey, uh, she was playing Gal Weather. Oh, it's Parker Posey. No, I know the actors, but I don't know like uh, who they who, who they're playing. Here's what I'll say. Like, there's a couple fun scenes on the movie set because, like, they're trying to imitate what yeah. we've already seen happen. And the whole scene where, like, Randy is, like, revealing... Uh, like, there's a video with Randy and he's talking about the end of the trilogy rules. That's good. Other than that, it just wasn't funny anymore and all the tropes from the first two movies, that's when you started to feel it get old. Yeah. For me, the scene that works that worked really well, like you said in the, in the set, when uh, Ghostface is going around uh, stalking Sydney in like her house like what's supposed to be her house that was for me the highlight of the movie like that was so good and also i think when one of the actresses is like in an office and there's like a thousand ghost face costumes and you just see ghost face like leaning out of one of them like that that was pretty good <laughs> but uh yeah, and the stuff that you mentioned other than that i hated this movie <laughs> Fair enough. I, look, I, this was the first one I actually got to see in cinemas. Um, and there's always something about movies that I see in cinemas that I hold higher for some reason. Like, I quite like, and I'm going to be the only person that says this, I quite like uh, Batman and Robin. Uh, but it, it's the reason I think when I saw it in cinemas, I was, you know, that was 95, I'm going to say, 95, 96, maybe 97. I wasn't that old. That old. I think it's 97. And, uh, and, and at the time, Arnold Schwarzenegger's you know, my favorite actor and the cheesiness of him was just unbelievable. So I quite held that movie quite high. This movie was, was I also still quite like the only thing I don't like about this movie was the reveal. I felt like it was quite, we're, we're out of ideas. So let's try and connect up everything we can. Um, and I really didn't like the overall um, uh, trying to find out who, um, the mum was the whole time, you know, looking at the the pictures of her. Yeah, leaving those photos was was so like soap opery. Like they were trying to do the whole trilogy ending thing that they talk about, so they had to do something that impacts the whole trilogy by having it be like his her illegitimate brother, and then he's like, oh, I hired Ski Ulrich, uh, Billy Loomis, and um, uh, Stu. To kill it. And then that kind of undermines it. Because imagine if it was just like Stu and Billy Loomis are these insane teenagers who decided to to go on this murderous rampant. Like that's better than um, than her illegitimate brother being like, here's some money, kill this woman. Like 
And that the actor who played it, I thought it wasn't memorable at all. This is the only one. It's the guy from Scandal. I forgot his name. Yeah, I don't remember the actor's name, but he was, I think, the director of the Stab movie. Yeah. And he turned out to be her brother. And, like, I get that they were going for the trilogy ending big reveal thingy. It didn't work. Yeah. This is also one of those movies where they changed the ending, too. Um, They uh, had shot um, another version of it. Uh, with um, the girl that plays Sydney Prescott in the movie. I can't think of her name. She's um, quite a big actress. Uh, anyway, she she was originally the killer. And uh, that was changed, I believe, because the script was leaked. And so they had to change it to kind of throw the twist in the end. So the twist was a kind of like a last minute ditch effort to mm. change it up. But it just felt so cheap. And it almost feels like it's similar to like the uh, the uh, sequel Star Wars trilogy where they just need a fucking whiteboard. Just work this shit out as, you know, if they had put a little thing earlier on in Scream 1 or even 2, you knew, like Craven knew that Scream 2 was going to be freaking huge. Like Scream 1 was massive. You were no matter what, you were getting a trilogy. Unless you, unless you made something terrible with Scream 2, you were getting a trilogy. So if you just took five seconds to go, I want to sprinkle a little you know, fairy dust in number two that's going to lead on to number three, then that would have made that whole scenario a lot better. Like even if it was just a, you know, a, a couple of words from the dad that said, I just found out your mom had an illegitimate brother or illegitimate son or something like that with someone else. And that's all they say about in the whole movie. Then the third movie that revealed that would have been like. <sighs> yeah, it definitely felt like a Ray or a Palpatine moment. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's, that's 100% it. It was sweet. Like, she had a little bit of growth in the final scene when she's like, okay, I don't need all this hardcore security in my house anymore. But just the rest of the movie, like... Okay, I have one good thing to say about this movie. Oh, and also Gale and Dewey together. Uh, that's what I was going to say. Uh, the, oh, really? They really explore a little bit more uh, Gale and Dewey, which they are a really good couple because they're like, they complement each other pretty well uh, because they're so different. Um, and uh, just... As a, a detective duo, they complement each other pretty well. Let's do let's do grades. I'll start because I have a feeling mine is like the worst. Uh, it's a four out of ten for me. Ditto. Wow. Oh come on, I'm still. But I didn't. I didn't it's suffer the, oh, watching it. To be it. fair, it's the only one I dislike. I didn't suffer watching whole, it. Of the whole. Franchise. But it's enough to be a four out of ten. Like, oh whatever. Yeah right. I'm what about you, Ryan? Uh, I'm sticking still high, but I'll still go lower. But uh, I'd say about seven for me. I think this. I think, like as I said, the franchise is pretty strong the whole way through for me. Um, but I think also I come from a different time, even for you guys. Like I saw this one in the cinema when it came out, opening yeah. night kind of thing. And I do think the thing that brought it down for me was the ending and the reveal. Uh, it felt a little cheap, but that's probably why it's right. a seven. Hmm. Not the worst in the franchise for me. Really? The, me neither, actually. Are you kidding me? I love, I love we, this one. Now I want to talk about what I think is the worst in the franchise. I love <laughs> this one. Four. This one is great. <laughs> Screw you guys. This one is amazing. Let me say, look, <laughs> I said a second ago, I thought Scream 3 was like dull, but I didn't suffer watching it. Scream 4 was a little tough. I thought the, like, the shenanigans in this one got too stupid for me. And... I don't know, like all the lines and the acting. There's a rare occasion where a performance is so bad where it starts to bring down the movie with it. That's how I felt about Emma Roberts in Scream 4. Oh, for sure. She was she was not a highlight, she to was say so the least. Bad. But 
I I, I want to say something just because I re- I really like this movie and I guess most people <laughs> don't. We I I know quality wise it's probably not one of the greatest, but it is the one that I had one like the most fun. Not the most fun, but like one of the ones that I had the most fun with. I had a lot of fun with uh the the new characters, uh the new kids. Um I I love the the police officers played by um Oh, Anthony Anderson. By yeah. Anthony Anderson. It's the only part that I liked. By Anthony Anderson and uh the guy from the OC, Adam Brody. Yeah. Oh yeah, Adam Brody. He was good also. And uh I I love the I love the twist in this one. I think it's it's so stupid that it works, in my opinion. <laughs> like it it gets to that cheesy level that I'm like, yeah, that's so meta, that's so stupid that it works. And yeah, like besides Emma Roberts acting, I don't think she can pull off that much being Ghostface. But uh, everything else, I, I I adored. Bro, what about the scene where she fight clubs herself? I I so, I was laughing so hard when she was doing that. <laughs> I, See the kind of things that people probably hated. I was, I was just enjoying myself. This, I will say, this isn't the one I was talking about. I actually, oh, no, I'll leave, I'll leave my twist to the end. Um, uh, no, so a screen four for me. I thought it was fun. I was pretty excited about this movie actually when it came out because it we'd been in quite a while since a good screen or since a screen movie. I mean, outside of, I think, I think it was like even still, I quite like the reveal. I, I thought the reveal was pretty good. I didn't guess it. Um, yeah, I didn't guess it either. It caught me by surprise. I was a, uh, I was shocked. <laughs> Rory Culkin felt a little bit dodgy the whole way through. Yeah, yeah I didn't like Rory, Rory Culkin either. But um, but yeah, and and Hayden Hayden Pantry Pantry. I can never say last name. I'm gonna butcher that. Benetier, I think Hayden it is. I I love her since Heroes. So like, she's always been like a a favorite of mine. And, and like, she's been pretty good the whole way through. I, I yeah, I quite like this one. I thought it was. Thought it was a good fun time. I think the kills were cool. I thought the uh, the storyline was interesting. I liked that they twisted it back to being able to go back into high school. But yeah, I, I still quite like this one. I thought it was I still a good time. Yay! You know what this felt like to me? Alan's gonna. You guys are welcome gonna hate me for this. Like the way it was shot and the writing and the acting. This felt like a scary movie. movie oh no! For me. Screw you, guy. Oh, wow. Get out of this podcast. <laughs> you are fired, <laughs> Alan. That's still a scream movie, right? So that's okay. <laughs> it's it's still a screen this, movie, which is why I'm upset. For me, I hated the Ghostface twist. The whole ending was just—I don't know. It felt like the easiest thing they could have come up with. I don't know. And just For her me, acting in those last ten minutes, and then like Sydney's completely fine with killing her own cousin. So great. I don't that, know. That. Oh, and Allison Bree's death—that was cool, I guess. Um, so yeah, that's all I have to say. I feel I have to say something about uh, Hayden Bretier in this movie. I and I guess in general in the franchise, I think she might be the favorite, my favorite character outside the main core of characters. Uh, to this point, I'm not counting at Scream Five or Six because I I have a character that I like more in this in the in the other movies, but she's like one of my favorites in the franchise. I I love her character. Okay, yeah, she was good. Let's do ratings. Do. Gal, can you start so we can move on for you from I, your I'm not negativity? Gonna lie. Like, I'm not going to lie that I didn't... Uh, okay, at least when I saw it a year ago, and my view of it hasn't changed. When I saw it, I gave it a 3 out of 10. I still really don't like it. Wow. Wow. Um, <laughs> Ryan? Yeah, look, I... Th- I d- <laughs> 7? <laughs> I'm sticking high with these ones. Like nice. This. There's no uh, you guys, uh, get to the one I didn't like. 
If people are mostly with Gal on this one, I'm fucked. Because uh, for me, it's a seven and a half. I had a blast. I think this is the most polarized me and Alan have ever been about a movie. <laughs> I had a blast watching this movie. Are you guys ready from, for some requel action? It is the 2020s after all. And uh, that's the only thing we can do now. So, Scream, not Scream 5. Scream, which is very confusing. Came out in 2002, a.k.a. 2022. Last, 2022, sorry. Uh, a.k.a. last year. Uh, and it kind of blew up in the box office. It was like a huge success. It is, as I mentioned before, a requel, which means you have old characters, but the main characters are the new characters, uh, which was not the case for Scream 4, like Ryan said. And But every everyone that survives mostly is back as well in like a supporting uh, role. Uh, but the new people that we have here are Jenna Ortega as... Uh, what's her name? Tara. Tara. And like the two main final girls, I guess, are Jenna Ortega and... Um, Oh my God, what is happening with me today? Do you want me to take over? Take over, please. So yeah, and this one we had Jenna Ortega, Melissa Barrera. Is Melissa the main Barrera, two. I love her. How can I forget um, her name? We had Jack Quaid, Jasmine Savoy Brown, Mason Gooding, Dylan Minnette, and... Wow, I just blanked out on everyone. <laughs> so yeah, this I movie... I just remember Jenna Ortega, which I guess <laughs> it's what everyone's doing now, but... Uh... Yeah, Jenna's great. So yeah, this one, I really, really like this one. I, it's actually Ditto. not sure when Six comes into the mix, but so far, it's actually my favorite out of all the Scream sequels. And I think, first of all, I feel like this movie did the commentary. Everything that Scream 4 tried to do, this one like did it better because they each had 11 years apart. And this, first of all, like Scream 4, I feel like they kind of just threw in the remake commentary, but didn't really do much interesting with it. But also, requels are such a new phenomenon, like Force Awakens, Creed, Cobra Kai, Halloween, uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. And now it's everywhere. Um, but it also plays into the tropes of the requel well, while not doing it in like a too frustratingly, like, we're doing this just for nostalgia kind of way. Yeah. And I, I really liked the new leads, Melissa Barrera and... Jenna Ortega in particular were great. And honestly, this is the one where I thought David Arquette was at some of his best because I thought he was actually really entertaining. Um, and even though they were supporting characters, I think they used all the three characters really well. I think he may be even classified as a main character in this one, right? I guess. Like he's in most of the movie. Yeah, here he goes from discount Ryan Gosling to, I guess, discount Bill Pullman. That's what he looks like to me. <laughs> oh my God, Gal. First time they've actually given him something to do. Like in every movie prior to this, he's always been helping out someone. Like in the first one, he was helping his sister, and then moving forward from that, he was always helping out Courtney Cox. And this one kind of separated separated them a little bit to give him help to the, all the main cast, and he became that supporting role to actually support them. Like to be the the uh, he was a private detective, right? He wasn't at that point. He wasn't a police officer. I don't think he was anything. Like I think he was uh, just. A deadbeat guy living in yeah, a trailer retired. park. I don't think he had a job. He and Courtney Cox like broke up in between each movie. Which is very fitting for a requel. That is also a requel standard. Yeah, to, like Han Solo and Leia. Yeah, to break up your main your main couple. Or Rocky Balboa and his son. Exactly. Or his wife who died. Spoiler alert. 
<laughs> That's a bit of a breakup. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's, it wasn't his choice, but uh, she did leave him. I also think, like... Quite strong. I think, um, I think the, the cast was really good in it. I think this, for me, is probably the best sequel out of all of them, and I would put it straight to... Uh, if I had a ranking, this would be um, number two, of course, to number one would be Scream 1. But um, I think this had a unique storyline that was, it was still like, if you were coming into the franchise, it was, it was similar to number one, but still so much different than number one that it, it gave something to the original fans of the series, something fresh and something new and something exciting to look forward to. But, you know, the realization that Jack Quaid was the killer. Keep in mind, I cannot remember for, I mean, I know who it was, but I cannot remember her name and how much she was in the movie, the second killer. Mikey but, Madison. Right. Well, I mean, realistically, it was Jack Quaid, the killer, right? So, like, she was also a killer, but she didn't really add much. She was... I will say her, like, her turning scene was really fun. Because uh, the other girl was like, I'm not the fucking killer. I'm not the killer. And she's like, yeah, you're not. And she just shoots her in the head. It was... It, that, was, that was a really fun shot. Ryan mentioned uh, Jack Quaid. And I loved uh, he, I loved his turn as well, uh, because uh, Sydney shoots him through the door, and he's like, "Oh fuck!" And then like, and then um, the other Ghostface like drops her down the stairs, and he goes, "Oh fuck! It's Ghostface!" <laughs> and like, it, in the like the cheesiest <laughs> way possible, <laughs> like like he's a fan, which later on we realize he is, uh, but. Uh, it's so funny because like he comes down the stairs and you're like after that you're like it's definitely not him like let's yeah. figure out who it is and then he yeah. just like stabs Sam and you're yeah, like I didn't think oh it was my him at God. all. I also quite like that this I mean it, it did a very similar thing as Force Awakens did but but killing off your main cast by killing off Dewey I think was uh, you know real ballsy move the movie the movie also turned up the violence a lot. This movie like did a whole commentary on how angry Star Wars fans were after The Last Jedi. It's even like Stab 8 and it's like, didn't Ryan Johnson write it? Or something like that. And then I love the part when Jack Quaid goes, how can fandom be toxic? And it's so this- funny. I think that was, I think that that underlying message was amazing and incredible. And I think it was such a, it was such a beautiful love letter almost to fans and just saying, but also saying like a, a love letter, but also like giving a flip off, you know, to, to all fans, just saying like, just calm down, you dickheads. You know what I mean? Like, also the whole like we um, got this. Come the, down. The whole down. elevated <laughs> horror thing where Jenna Ortega's like, uh, what's your favorite horror movie? The Babadook. People need a message and underlying undertone. It's like she uses all these big words. As soon as it, the movie started with yeah, that, I was like, she, I'm gonna like this. Yeah, when she was talking about Hereditary as a better horror <laughs> movie as well, I was like, that's literally me. <laughs> The, um, something we haven't actually really talked about, I think, is the opening scenes to these movies. I mean, we've briefly talked on them, but like, I was just going to bring up number four quickly of being the worst opening scenes. Absolutely. Of movies, which had like multiple opening scenes. It was going through oh, stuff. Yeah. Like, within a movie, within a movie. Was, yeah. See, and I also was, had fun with that. I thought this particular opening movie of Scream 5 was unreal. And I believe Jenna Ortega was the only opening girl that survived right yeah i think right, also right. this uh this is the best opening scene since the original no yeah and i also think just the cinematography and the color grading and the lighting is some of the best in the whole series yeah and i think just the fact that uh, jenna ortega is such a good actress she pulls off getting killed 
even though she doesn't actually die like really well like uh like you're uh, like in and like you said she's really likable she's talking about like all these nerdy horror movies and um and yeah like uh, the, uh for sure and the best melissa barrera was was she had a tough job in this one because she had the whole uh it's not uh is it stumacher no what's his name uh the the other killer oh um wait billy loomis billy she's loomis his thank you uh she she's his daughter so she has like billy loomis like haunting her which is kind of weird and skeet already got like de-aged <laughs> but like it's it's really weird to act opposite of that like it re like so it does show sometimes that like it's not the easiest thing uh which i don't blame her at all i think that was a weird choice i think they could make her <coughs> haunted but like more in like a psychological way i thought it was weird that she was like seeing him everywhere mm -hmm. so what's your rating for scream 2022 i was saying it's a nine i gave scream one nine and a half i'm gonna give this one nine and i i, I think uh it was an amazing come back to the franchise. It was the first one that Paramount took over. Um, it's been a new line and dimension film prior to this. And I think Paramount knew they bought something that could be really exciting and they nailed it. I will second that. It's also a nine, and a, uh, a nine out of 10 for me. I love this movie so much. Okay. It, uh, it, it quickly became like, again, we're not talking about the six yet, but it was my favorite one before we watched the sixth one. Out Ooh. of the whole franchise. Okay, so I'll say eight, and now I want to hear this about six. So let's talk about our review. Scream six. They're in Manhattan. Now, Ghostface takes Manhattan, whatever you want to call it. Um, and yeah, Ghostface most of the same Manhattan. cast is back, except Niv Campbell, unfortunately. Hayden Panettiere came back. Um, Samara Weaving, Dermot Mulroney, Tony Revolori, and more joined the cast. And... Me and Alan saw it in the theater, and we had a lot of fun. I think it both tries to like subvert expectations, but also plays into the tropes that are like ridiculously overused. But it kind of works because it makes you laugh. Um, and I, I think even though we don't see much of the old cast, I think the new cast is able to carry it so well. And I'm scared that Ryan's gonna crap on this movie. I, I'm not gonna crap on it. I just, I just have my, I have my problems. But I'll let you guys get in there first, and then I'll, then I'll jump in. What, what, did you like okay, what did you like about it? I will start with the fact that um, all those small issues I had with uh, Melissa Barrera in the last one because of the whole haunting situation, they are gone here. She is so good as the final girl in this movie. You know, like, as actually the main character. Nev Campbell is nowhere to be seen in this one. The burden of the main girl, I guess, falls on her. So and it feels completely natural. It feels natural. It doesn't feel like they're forcing anything. She's a great actress. She's always been a great actress uh, since, like, uh, I guess, In the Heights, which is the only other thing that I watched her in. But uh, Same. Uh, <laughs> she's a great actress. And um, her relationship with Je with Jenna Ortega is just, I think, one of the most fleshed-out uh, fleshed relationships in the whole Scream franchise. It's really detailed. It's really nuanced. Which again is really weird because it's a movie about a guy that puts on a mask and slashes everyone. So um, it's nice when it goes that deep in, into like some relationships. But I also want to shout out um, Jasmine Savoy Brown and Mason Gooding. Yeah, they're great. There's such a wave of energy whenever they're talking. Uh, I really enjoyed them. I'm glad they're now like the recurring characters in each installment too. Um, they're a lot of fun. I love them. Yeah, those core four, which are. Are, they are, call themselves that uh, now. Yeah, they call that. 
they're they're sup- I think they're supposed to be like you know the new uh, the new core Dewey like uh, like Sydney. Dewey Gale Sydney, and I think they they take that position really well. Like uh-huh. Jasmine Savoy Brown, she takes that Randy ho- Randy role. To, uh, like to this a new nice. level in this new, in these movies, like it's because I think she's a modern nerd. Like we're so like, and she talks about yeah, wired to think. Yeah, when she said like uh, this, the this killer is not on letterbox or something like that. I like I had a huge laugh. It's like I feel represented. <laughs> and uh, yeah, like she just feels like exactly like the kind of character that probably Randy felt for you, Ryan, when you watched uh, yeah. the first ones. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably how she feels like for us. She's my Randy. Yeah, and on top of you, like I completely agree with you. I think that she is a hundred percent. I would almost say she's even more likable than Randy for me. And uh, her her scene that she had in Scream Five, talking about um, recalls, and then in this one, trying to explain how this one will go down, and then later on saying, "I have no fucking idea." You know what's going to happen. This kind of thing was quite a really a really nice. She's like, "I got it wrong again." <laughs> That's it. That's it. So funny. Um, uh, uh, but it was yeah. Outside of that, um, I, I quite also liked the um, the uh, the love interest between General Ortega and uh, I've forgotten his name in the movie. Mason Gooding. Um, um, Cuba Gooding Jr.'s son. I just yeah, learned yeah, that yeah, last yeah. night. That's wild. Ah, his name in the movie is Oh Chad. 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 They, they even make a really good joke about that in the movie. Go on, t- uh, tell us why you didn't like it. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, definitely unique for for opening scenes too. Like, I think that um, you know, seeing it from the killer's perspective and how they how they get it done and why they get it done. Even seeing him, I thought it was really unique putting the mask back on the mannequin in the in the dorm room um, that that he did. I thought that was that was amazing. I really loved that opening sequence. But yeah, from then on, it kind of just went down the tropes of basically copying the second movie and um everything felt cheap there was no reason for it like i feel like every sequel prior to this has had a a reason to be like you know it's trying to be the trilogy it's trying to be uh the sequel it's it's trying to be the reboot it's trying to be the requel this one didn't have that and it's and 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 it was proof in when um uh the new Randy, sorry, the new characters, I've just not remember the names. Um, Mindy? Uh, it, it, you know, she implies that she Mindy. doesn't know what's happening. And I feel like the writers didn't know what the, what was happening either. We had a great time talking uh, Scream. Uh, I'm a, screaming. I'm a new fan of the franchise. I love it. I want to rewatch it already, the whole thing, which is crazy because I never thought in a million years that would happen. And uh, yeah, like I, I love it. It's one of my favorite horror franchises now. I... Yeah, and I can't wait for Scream 7, which also I thought I would never say. Yeah. Ryan, tell the people where they can find you online. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, you guys can find me um, at Movie Nerds on Instagram, at movie.nerds. Uh, uh, yeah, we talk movies, reviews. Uh, we hit up a lot of premieres here in Sydney. Uh, chat to a lot of people. Um, and if there's anything you want to know from us, just hit us up in the DMs. We usually reply pretty quickly. Um, yeah, we just love talking movies great it was awesome having you yeah we loved having you thank you also for helping us out with uh our awards uh, le- uh oh, yeah, this no past worries. few days no yeah check out the golden slice awards if you haven't already a little shameless plug uh because i spent about forty-five thousand hours editing that thing thank you that 
So and remember to like and hit the sub button. Yes, and follow us on uh, on Instagram as well at Film Fanatics Pod. And we'll see you guys next time. Thanks again for Ryan. Hopefully we won't we all won't be uh, slashed anytime soon, and we'll get to see other movies. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs>